This is the Spapreneur Podcast, episode 168. Today's episode is brought to you by Demented Ramona. <laughs> to be fair, she has very tiny humans and they're around a lot. You can't listen to uh, our show. Hello. So I've not been listening to things because even if I listen, I probably won't remember. <laughs> there is nothing relaxing about owning a day spa. Serious spa owners know that being in the spa business isn't for the weak. And the lesson in this was I didn't follow my own advice. This is the Spapreneur Podcast with Ramona Rice and Lynn Graves. She is the main owner of the company. I am the COO. I get to be emotional. Right. I don't. Spapreneurs. One of the very keystones that Lynn and I did to improve our business and become the number one spa, like seven-figure spa, even in a COVID year, and not pay a dime for advertising, because we do not do Facebook ads, we do not take out radio ads, we, we rarely do any kind of print ads, like what are those anymore? We don't do that stuff. We don't do it at all, because we rely heavily on SEO, and SEO through, da-da-da, reviews, we have a ton of reviews. We have a system for reviews. I love reviews. And a lot of your clients do too. 55% of consumers will read at least four reviews before purchasing anything, at least four. And if you think they're going to invest in your high ticket products, like let's say laser hair removal, massage for their girlfriend, because the girlfriend's mad at him and he's not going to send her to someplace that has crap reviews. No. So you need to have good reviews or at least honest reviews. And we're going to talk about the day with the community director and the host of the Nice Job podcast, Sean Hill. And real quick, Sean, in your um, bio, you said you accidentally gave a keynote. Like, what is up with that? Yeah. So uh, it was for Wells Fargo. Um, and uh, the beginning of the story is going to ask more questions than it answers. Um, but we'll okay. have to do it another time. But at the time, what I was doing, I was known for uh, also dancing. And they had a clip that like the CEO of Wells Fargo saw where this guy was dancing and then more people have joined. You may have seen it. He's at a music festival and more people joined. And the whole thing is about making a movement. So they hired me to come in and I thought, okay, I'm hosting like the lunch or this one little breakout. Because uh, they're like, we want to bring you in to do the dance thing. I'm like, great. And so I go and like an hour or so before I'm about to go on, they go, hey, here's what's going to work, Sean. You're going to go out there. You know, the music's going to be hitting. They've already seen the video. So when you come out and do your thing, they're going to all join in. It'll be a real fun moment. Then after that, uh, you know, floor is yours. Uh, if you just keep it, you know, 45 to an hour, that'd be great. Um, but then after your words, we're, we're pretty much done. So everyone's real excited. And I was like, uh, oh, oh, I'm, this is the end. I'm the keynote of this. Okay. I've prepared a dance. I could try to stretch it out for 45 minutes, I guess, but usually the bit lasts about 10. Um, but that just gives you a little idea of who I am is uh, I'm a people person, I'm a communicator. Uh, and I kind of realized and I would kind of put out there that, you know, if you uh, if you're brought in to be an expert somewhere, um, you know, people will listen to you as long as you kind of talk from the heart and things like that. And that actually can't believe this does segue works back to what you're talking about, like customer driven growth is because the people become experts in your service because they just experienced it, right? So for that mm -hmm. small little moment after they just experienced it, they're an expert in your service. So from reviews, not only going to get the great stuff that you talked about, but you also kind of learn about your business because at that point, they're an expert.
Yeah. The reviews for us, John, are like crucial. I mean, absolutely crucial. And I want to reveal something. So nice job has approached me. I am trying out their platform. It is very cool um, because I'm always looking for it because we use a very expensive review system in our business. We use demand force and it's very expensive, but we're seven figures. So we can afford that, but most of my listeners cannot, they can afford nice job. So let me be very clear. I like to make this up front is that we are working on a partnership. I'm trying out the platform. John is invited as a guest though. So yes, we will be plugging nice job because some of y'all need some help and the system's really easy to use, but I just wanted to make that upfront and clear. So anybody's like, why is she pushing this so much? I may or may not eventually in the future get some type of any kind of, but I'm being compensated technically because I'm getting free access to your platform. And I think that's fair to, to review. Yeah. Yeah. It's very fair. And I will also say for anyone, you know, look at the conversation thing, it's going to be a big ad sell. Like for me and, and nice job in particular, we've made the decision that we want to push the concept of why you should get reviews. Um, we think we have the most effective way to ask for reviews. But the reason we're going to push why is because at some point, the people that need us will kind of find us. And what I mean by that is, is that, you know, there's some people that have used nice job and they go on and they, they try kind of other things and they kind of end up coming back. We don't do contracts for that same sort of reason. But we ultimately feel that if we kind of can educate and, and push our feeling that this is a very important thing, that's going to make us kind of more in demand. So it's a little bit less of us trying to sell a product and more selling it. Because if you can go do it on your own, you can take what we're doing and build it on your own and kind of do it through systems. That might be the best fit for you. And that's going to make you the best business owner. But if you need some help or you're looking for something that's a bit more of a fit, then, hey, we're, we're here. Give us a call. But as, especially as the community director, my goal is, is education and information. Yeah. And I think there's a big misconception about reviews. I get this a lot. I see this a lot in, in any kind of business space, particularly in the spa space. And the spa space is really unique because it's not like you're selling a product, you're selling a service. And it's different than like carpet cleaning or construction, things like that. You're actually working on the human body. You're trying to improve something with the human body or make something better or make just changes. I think it's very personal. And so reviews oftentimes feel, Sean, in our space, like a personal attack. And especially when we do a bad job, because sometimes we do a bad job. Sometimes we do a nice job. Sometimes we do a bad job. Sometimes we just majorly F up. And I wanted to talk about that because I'm a big believer. We don't ever try to get our one-star reviews ever taken down ever Mm -hmm. Uh, because it's just a waste of my time because I personally, Sean, I love the one-star reviews because either A, they're giving me an insight into my business that I need to know and fix immediately or two, if they're bogus, it's fantastic because it's just giving validity to thousands of the five-star reviews that I have. So I wanted to talk about that first and foremost about how that's different in the spa space versus some other businesses. And it's not, but it is, um, you know, how to not take it so personally when you get constructive feedback about your job performance. Well, the first thing I'll say is that when you get a bad review, um, that is a marketing opportunity. I know it sounds like a tagline, but I always like to relate it to, um, you know, personal relationships, right? And a lot of, I would say, uh, um, you know, your most basic, um, you know, like marriage vows or, or commitment ceremony thing, right? There's always a part in there of like, you know, death to us part, sickness, health, you know, good times, bad. And it's funny, as humans, you kind of crave that sort of relationship because you want to know that no matter what happens. So sometimes the negative review is giving you insight that you can almost put you like, hey, even if we do it really, really bad, even if it goes very wrong, even if it doesn't, you know, all bad reviews are just a failure to meet expectations. Now, that expectation could be unrealistic. They could be like, I thought it would take five minutes. I thought I'd feel mad. I thought I'd feel 30 years younger afterwards, you know, and I don't. Well, that's because perhaps maybe you oversold in the marketing element, right? You know, they thought that it was a magic cure 
but they had, you know, chronic pain or something like that, you know, and like you've overdone it in that sense. So because of that, when you get a negative review, as you said, it's an opportunity to figure out, okay, did we mess up and how do we mess up and how do we fix that? So this never happens again. But the second part is even if you've done that, you've made the mistake that gives the opportunity to be transparent and say, Hey, if you come here, if you use us, if, if you do any sort of business with us, it's not going to be our way or the highway. And it's not going to be something we don't try to improve on the five-star reviews. We try to get even better. We try to make them six, seven, eight-star reviews, but the one-star reviews, obviously we take that almost just as important to try to move up the scale. So getting a negative review shouldn't be something you fear. Now, if you're seeing a bunch coming in, you need to have, you need to actually wave the red flag. You need to actually look at yourself introspectively and, and fix that. But more often than not, just by telling someone that you're going to ask for review or by having a process in which you're requesting feedback, chances are you're going to get the hesitation or the question or something that would cause that one-star review. You're going to get that brought up earlier in the process, right? And that's the one thing I start to find when you not lean into one-star reviews. I don't want to encourage going out and, and getting them or getting them, but I want to really get rid of the fear part of it because by building in wanting feedback within your process, you'll start to be able to address those problems before they even turn into one-star reviews. And everyone knows there's people out there that just leave one-star reviews, you know? And, and so by having at least one or two in there, um, you don't need them, but if you have one or two in there, it does give a little bit more uh, validity that like you said to your five stars and also gives a full overall picture going back to, like I said, that those vows or those, pr those promises that you'll make to a, a partner of which, Hey, if things don't go right, we're still in it with you and we're going to try to make it right. So yeah, I don't, I don't get the fear of one-star reviews. Um, it's never fun to get them. Uh, and it's always worse when you think it should be a five and all of a sudden they come back with a one, but again, it's about failure to meet expectations. So you can figure out where along your process that didn't, uh, that didn't occur. Yeah. We went through actually my, my business earlier this year, earlier this summer, really, it was just a couple months ago. We were getting a slew of one-star reviews. Like for us, it was like four in a row. And I'm like, what in the world's going on? Two were completely bogus. Two were like, nah, we kind of effed up. So I had to go to my team and say, okay, what have we done wrong with all of this? And it turned out I needed to move a key player that was here in the back office back up to the front of the office. I need to put her back up front because when she's up there, these things don't happen. And so we need to figure out, do we have the right people on the bus? I've used that analogy about the good to great analogy, you know, the great Jim Collins. Like, do you have the right people on the right seat? And that, that's a usual indicator. Or it could be, here's an indicator too, is that maybe you shouldn't be offering that service at all, that you just can't handle that. That's another big thing, that feedback. If you're getting a ton of great feedback, spotpreneurs, on like your relaxation session is great. And then you get a ton of feedback that your deep tissue is bad. Stop advertising the deep tissue. Just, just let it go be free of it, you know? And I think that's what reviews do. It's like instant feedback immediately. So you can course correct immediately. Yeah. And, and also like a, a, a small little like nice job insight thing is that within our platform, you not just get, you know, the review generation, but because we're reputation marketing and not reputation management, you get like insights in the topics of what's actually being said in your reviews, which is probably telling you what your ideal customer wants and what they kind of want to hear. So when it comes just to like, not only helping within your culture, within your processes, but then also perhaps on your marketing side of things is that you might see like, Hey, when we do, you know, our bundles, the relaxation with the deep tissue, when we put all these together, the expectation changes. And I find that the customers that we're getting that are getting that service and maybe not liking it, maybe aren't the ones that we want week over week over week. So that will allow you to kind of make a change or at the very least you then can change up how you're pitching it. So maybe instead of putting them together where the expectation goes through the roof, 
keep them separate. And then if someone wants to combine them, then you're able to explain, well, here's what you can expect with that sort of uh, lineup, that package, that order, you know, however you would, uh, you know, go phrase it at that point. So yeah, I, I think, I think you're spot on there with the best, one of the best things about one star reviews is it actually is a cool magnifying glass into your business. And again, people understand, and it will happen where someone goes, well, that's an expectation I can't meet. That's unrealistic or, Hey, that's completely bogus. Or even, and a lot of people get this when they do that tactic of, I look at the top three best reviews and the top three worst reviews. That's my trick. Um, they think they're very original with that one. I love it. Um, is they get that they're also might be finding the three people that had a really bad day. And so sometimes mm-hmm. it helps put them in the right mindset to come use your service of like, you know what? I don't want to feel like that because that seems more angry than I like to live my day-to-day life. So you'd be surprised how much it's almost a customer insight for future customers when you have that scale of reviews. Yeah. And, and entrepreneurs, it's such an important thing to number one, have a plan to how do you respond to any type of review, positive, negative, middle, the middle is the worst because yeah. how you, I, I, those are the worst. I'm like, well, we were good enough for you to write something, but bad enough where you couldn't give us everything like, and they don't, they're so vague. Those are the, always the biggest ones. I'm like, that is not helpful for me, but you still have to respond. So that that's my thing. And, and it's true, Sean, we legitimately have built our business on, and I can't tell you how many times people call and they go, oh, you have all the reviews. You have the best reviews. You have the best reviews. And and that is the key. So I believe that every client, no matter how often they come in, they need to get prompted to leave a review every time the cash wrap ends. That is my big belief. Yeah. And that's, and that's, that's 100% what we would believe as well, because when someone calls and says like, Oh, I booked you because you have so many reviews, like even if it's so many five star or just so many reviews in general that the immediate follow-up is, we're, like, we're going to ask you for a review as well, because we want to know how we're doing as much as we possibly can. If something starts changing, we want to make sure it's for the positive. And just saying that little line, you know, with NYCHA, we do a lot of like home service professionals. We do a lot of other businesses, but with home service professionals in particular, it's so funny how they get into the routine, right? Because they're, they're kind of doing mm-hmm. the, the same sort of services over and over and over. And it's a very cool insight for the customer to say like, hey, we became experts because... We do it over and over and over again, right? And we're constantly doing it over and over and over. But you help keep us experts by making sure that the result of it is what we want it to be because it's very easy to just get into routine and have everything be simple and easy. The more it becomes second nature, the less you have to think about it. So by saying we're asking for reviews, you're going to say not only are we constantly doing it, we're also constantly thinking about it. And if you talk to anyone about anything and they say like, hey, like my new hobby, not only am I doing it, but I'm constantly thinking about it. That's when you're like, okay, this person is invested. This person wants to make sure they're the best at it. Because I started making pizza. I moved from uh, the East Coast of the US to the West Coast of Canada. Pizza drastically changed. I didn't want the new pizza. I wanted the old pizza I knew and love. <laughs> but in order to As do I'm that, an East Coast really- person, I can appreciate that. Because West Co- I'm sorry, West Coast pizza, no. Give me thin, crispy. I, I like a Philadelphia-style pizza myself. Um, yes. My that's, local pizza place right is, a Phil- is a Philadelphia style pizza place. They also make excellent cheesesteak. It's the best one I can get out of Philadelphia. Yes. No, I saw that because you worked for the Philadelphia Flyers. I was like, oh, he's a Philly guy. So, yes. yeah, I'm from Philadelphia. I moved out here just outside of Vancouver, BC. Uh, wanted to bring my East Coast pizza with me. So I had to learn how to do it. I heard it was you all going to be. pizza nerd. But yeah, it, but, so I had to. Yeah. You know, yeah. don't get me wrong. I, I never thought I'd sit there being like, ah, this hydration of this dough is slightly off. My wife being <laughs> like, what? Like, well, what? 
But like I said, because I was constantly doing it, making pizzas mm-hmm. week over week, had to bring my coworkers in because my wife and I couldn't handle eight pizzas a weekend, uh, you know, and do that stuff. But then I was not only constantly doing it, but I was constantly thinking about it. And that's how the craft of that started to evolve. And so customers, that's what they want when they look for experts. Whenever they're hiring something to do something, they're kind of looking for the expert because if they just wanted somebody else, they would ask their partner or they would ask their cousin or, you know, hey, you're strong. Can you try to crack my back? That sort of mentality. But when they're going out looking for a service, they want to make sure it's someone that's not only doing it constantly, but thinking about it and improving as well. Not only that, but I think too, with everything that's happened in our world in 2020, Sean, that people are even like going to check it to make sure it's worth even leaving their house now. Because we're so used to just being home. Like you said, like no pizza is worth me leaving my house. I'm just going to make my own pizza, you know, and it's kind of the same thing. And now there's so many ways you can do spa services at home. The Theraguns are out there. You know, people are starting to do home dyeing of their hair and and waxing. I'm like, nobody should be doing these things to themselves, but they are because of the fear of leaving their house. So you have to make it worth it for them to even leave their home and and the reviews, I think, help sell that because I can't tell you how many we've had also, too, where they're like, the place is clean. That's become the newest thing. The place is so clean. They're so safe. The protocols. And you're seeing that. And if you can get those words in there, it, it is gold for sure. And not only that, but I love using reviews in social media. They're our number one social media post. So I will actually take the review and post it on social media with the therapist's face on it. So there's a person attached to that and it's amazing their clients are like yeah we love her this way and they're leaving more reviews underneath the social post it's i don't understand why sean explain to me why do business owners fight this so much because i'm like i am proof i am proof that this works my business your business is proof because y'all have these why do they fight it so much because they think that it's begging and i don't know where this mentality started but they don't think that they're entitled to a review they, they, the nine, the, usually the mindset I find out when people say like, here's why I don't do reviews is they feel that if they're asking at certain times during the process, that it shows insecurity, not confidence. And I personally think it's the other way around. I think the data proves it's the other way around, but they think, you know, Hey, is this okay? Is this okay? Is this okay? That's how they think it, their review request is coming out. What I like to almost to shift that sort of mindset is, well, one, Say you're only going to ask at the end, right? I'm a big proponent of you kind of set like, hey, we're hoping to bring in, we're going to give you an amazing experience and, and we're going to ask leave a review at the end to make sure we know how we're doing. And throughout, bring up key times that you're going to be asking for a review, you know, at the end of that moment of peak happiness. And the reason that I say that you kind of build it throughout is that's where you're kind of crafting what the review could be. Because sometimes people will come in, if you ask at the very end, how would you like your experience? Would you leave a review? Even if they go online and do it, that's when you get the five star, no detail. But if throughout you're talking about like, hey, you know, want to make sure we, we start on time, you know, promptness is important for us. And, you know, oh, hey, you know, we just uh, it, it, we took an extra second here just to make sure this is, you know, thoroughly wiped down, thoroughly clean. Like when you start talking about all the key things, your promptness, your cleanliness, your professionalism, all those things, those tend to show up in the review later. But the main reason, like I said, that people don't ask for reviews is either A, they kind of don't understand the power. They come through maybe... I'll say old school, except the new school is kind of built off this is like the old school of like, well, word of mouth, talk around my community. That's how it goes. And then also, you know, we're big on ads. So I actually, I hired a copywriter and I hired this and I hired that. One thing we've also seen in 2020 is people have gotten more tech savvy than ever. And if you don't believe me, think of the one family member that you zoomed with or something in the past year or so that 
couldn't figure out how to text you the year before that. <laughs> you know, the, the people that are, that are logging on and, and doing all these sort of things. So word of mouth has gone digital in that sense. And now people are smarter in the digital sense uh, or, you know, more digital savvy. So what that kind of turns into is people now know how to research and look and they kind of see through advertising. If anyone, you know, uh, I, I look a lot older than I am. Uh, and so in that instance, um, I can't talk too much of longevity, but what I learned kind of coming up through is, you know, this is how you copyright and this is how you kind of make an ad and this is all that. And now I've kind of learned the general public has also caught on to that. So there was a, a small stretch where you were trying to make ads look as real as possible. Like in the early days of vir virality, it was all how can you make ads look like they're not ads. Well, then people started enjoying that and caught on to it. Well, now they kind of see everything as an advertisement. So it's almost come full circle where it's not begging you for review. It's asking for feedback because I think they kind of know that they can help you. And so it's almost instead of even if you get monetary tips, it's a little extra way for them to kind of push you over and become support. We talk about a nice job about building a fan base and you look at, I have a big history in sports, but there are fans that will go and paint their face and yell and scream for the team. And there's also fans that just show up consistently. You want to make sure you're gathering everyone within that realm because that's what saves you when you're not in the conversation is the fan base that you built. So if they're not coming to your ads, if they're not looking at the reviews, if they are just talking to their friends or going on Facebook community groups and things like that, that's where collecting reviews actually helps you the most. So people don't ask for reviews because they feel like it's begging. They feel like they don't deserve it. And if I can empower everyone listening, you are worth your feedback. So go collect it and analyze it and figure out how to make it work for you. It's interesting you bring the fan thing. You don't know this about me. I graduated from UVA, the um, University of Virginia. So yes, very big in sports. And actually, I have a degree in um, sociology. And my capstone was on how secular universities in the United States utilize athletics as a religion to get people to support their schools. You yeah. almost, y'all, want a feverish fandom. So for example, I call my day spa people de-stressors because our day spa name is de-stress express. So I'm like, you're a de-stressor now. You're part of the tribe, which means you got to give us feedback. You got to give us this. You got to give us that. It's no different than when I get emails from Tom shoes because I only wear Tom shoes now. And I'm part of that tribe or you are a Starbucks person versus a Duncan person. Well, you're in Canada now. So it's Tim Horton person, but you know what I mean? Like it's all these different things. And I think part of that review kind of I hate saying the word zeitgeist because I'm not sure if it's right here is basically what you're saying is that you're allowing the customer, the client to be part of your tribe by asking them to leave a review because if they love you to the point where they're referring client friends to you, they're already giving you a review. I've also said when they buy gift certificates, they basically have paid for a review. They're paying a referral going, I love this place so much. I'm going yep. to give you money to go there. So this whole idea of, I completely agree. They feel like it's begging. They feel like it's asking or they ask too late. They only start thinking about reviews when they get their first one-star review. That's the only, that's usually that first thing. Oh God, I have to do this because Yelp is holding me hostage for this. And I have to like, stop. If you have a consistent review plan. So I'm going to go through my, uh, how we do it at DSHA. So we do use software. So you can use like a nice job. You can use a demand force, whatever it is. The software doesn't, it matters, but it doesn't matter. So at the point of contact, when the cash register is rung up, 
they get an email and a text immediately saying, hey, did you enjoy us? Please leave us a review. That's our internal system. Once the internal system's done, then it gets, oh, you liked us that much. Hey, review us on Google. I focus on Google mainly because Google likes that. And we learned this in episode 158 with Jacob Speedwack from um, um, Comet Fuel, all about local SEO. And Google loves it when you feed Google Google things. And if you are smart, you're going to maximize that Google My Business platform. And this is, okay, I'm going to give nice type of prompt here. It's really cool. So they collect all your Google reviews for you. I get an email <laughs> like weekly and then monthly. I can set it daily where they're like, hey, you got a review. This is what it says. And then you can go respond to it. It's amazing. It saves me so much time. So I will plug y'all on that one. It's really cool. The other thing and I like about it is reply that- within nice job to do that too. So yes, I need to go back yes. into Google. You can go to your nice job dashboard and bang out it's all your all right there. Replies. So you could yep. take like an hour to you know get all your reviews done. But then this is what's really cool. Y'all have this feature. I thought this was brilliant. No one else I've seen has done this where you can turn them into social media posts right there yep. and schedule. I was like, what is this magic? Why aren't more people doing this? Because I started doing review um, posts like that way before I knew what your company was, Sean, because yeah. I was like, and they're the, honestly the posts that get the most traction. I barely do any other post anymore. If I want to communicate like sales and directly to my clients, I send an email. And that's another thing. If you're asking for reviews, you basically are making sure you're getting their email addresses, which means you can talk to them in email, which is where they're going to buy anyway. Y'all, please, dear Lord, dear spapreneur, I want you to make more money because 2020 sucked. You had to be closed most of the time or it was okay to touch people. So listen to us, okay? We are trying to help you so you can buy things and do things and, you know, go and be a pizza nerd if you want to, if you live on the West Coast and their pizza is terrible, okay? Because Philadelphia pizza is life. And if you don't believe me, ask a New Yorker, because I guarantee you they would rather eat Philadelphia style pizza. So, yes, Sean is very happy with me right now. He had no idea I'd be this cool. So, yes. Uh, and I'm an Eagles fan. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's I'm, I'm all yeah. for that. It, it, it's a go for is that uh, one thing I want to say about the social media post thing. When I worked in sports for, for well over a decade, one thing I can tell you is absolutely true is even the shyest, most introverted people like seeing themselves on the big board. And that's what a social media post is. When you put someone's reviews back, they go on Facebook because they're like, oh, that's my review, right? Mm-hmm. And they might even have mm-hmm. that reaction you see from introverted people on the big board where they kind of hide and everything, but then they peek, you know, they make sure yes. that they're still yes. there. So when you are putting reviews out, so the key thing is you get a Google review, you can immediately auto share that to like your Facebook page is that you can then go in and, and you can, you know, add a photo or you can, or you can tag that particular person, you know, thanks again at whoever for your kind words. Doing that sort of thing, you're now starting to build that amplification, but it takes those people that aren't the social butterflies and it gives their opportunity for their words to act the same way. Because you're going to get the person that's going to write you the review online and also tell all their friends and literally call people and be like, I just got done. It's amazing. You need to go book it. But you're also going to get the people that are thankful, but are like, yeah, I'm not trying to shout it from the rooftops. So that this is where you know, something like nice job comes in and say, okay, well just tell me and I'll shout on your behalf and you don't have to do anything else. Cause you're going to help me so much. And, and, and I'll, I'll use my words as I see fit. You kind of go through it, but yeah, it's, it's one of the things we love. It can automate it fully. So you're only sharing your four and five star amp- amplifying it out. There's no review gating or anything like that. So it's not like you're, you're hiding those, but again, you want to amplify your fives and, you know, work on your ones in that sense. So, but yeah, Ooh, I like uh, that. Yeah. I like and, that and, word. Amplify your fives, work on your ones, because again, the ones have good feedback. Don't ignore the ones. And I do think it's really important. Do you believe this too, where you should respond to every review, even if it's just a thank you? I think so. Yes. Cause that I way do. they know there's a real person behind there. 
I think you should respond to every review. I would say I, I don't like the blanket, like just thank you or anything like that. I think taking the time to give a little review doesn't take a ton of time. Um, it, it, with a little bit more, I'll say like personalization for lack of a word, because remember in like a Google map three pack or something, Google does take small snippets, right? They're all, you can have 500 reviews. They're not showing 500 in a list and making people read all 500. So that's why sometimes I caution, I get if time's a problem that you can't really get to it and you want to respond as promptly as you can. But if you can go just a little bit more in depth, so not only is it a person, but it's almost, I like to say like, you want to look like a try hard, <laughs> right? Because if you just put thank you and ever, sometimes people think like, oh, it must be an automated thing or they just go through and send it all the way through. Um, you know, even thank you names kind of a step up, but yes, reply to every review. If your bandwidth only allows you to use some stock responses throughout, that's still better because the other part, especially like on Google, more generated content. Google wants you to feed it constantly. Uh, whether it's a, a pet of yours, a child of yours, there's someone in your life, something in your life that wants to eat constantly. <laughs> and if you are a pure loner, guess what? It's Google. It wants you to feed it constantly. Google also tells you how to do it. They want photos on their GMB. They want reviews on their GMB. They want review replies on their GMB. You Google my business. So, so feed it nonstop. So that's the extra reason why it's important to respond is a lot of those platforms, they go, ooh, another piece of internet for us. We love it. Yeah, and, and Google's the big one. Like, I mean, Facebook ads are nice. I only do Yelp because you kind of have to, but I they hold you hostage. Don't pay for Yelp, y'all. Don't pay for it. I'm just going to say. Sean, I would, I would argue that. Yelp's falling off. I would argue that Yelp yes. is falling off. No, that's but... good because <clears throat> consumers know how shitty Yelp is. I said it. I have no they problem also lost. It. They also lost their Apple Map um, inclusion. So remember, you used to look up Apple Maps and show you Yelp yeah. reviews. No longer going to be showing you that. Yes, because uh, they were mean track. and they they were not nice. They got bad reviews. Yeah, I, I will. And they didn't listen like, to their ones. Yeah, we always like the joke because our company name is Nice Job, so we hear all the puns nonstop. But what I like to say is that like no one actually says Yelp physically, oh, unless <laughs> you're a business owner, nice job, right? <laughs> Well, like, but your business over, but even, but think of the time they're saying yeah. Yelp, right? Yeah, no, you know? saying Yelp anymore. Like, if, if their company was Yippee, you're like, all right, well, no one really is saying Yippee anymore, but I get at some point they did. But huh. no, I think Yelp got a Yelp is actually, as someone that enjoys comedy, is kind of like Walla Walla Washington. It's just a word that fits naturally in that comedic cadence, which is, I think, entirely how they became popular. <laughs> I, I just. A lot of people will, will crap more on Yelp than, than I will here in this particular thing. Um, no, because you you you're a nice guy who works for Nice Job. I will crap on Yelp because I'm a terrible person and I don't care because well, I, don't I don't like do what they is, do. I don't like their business practices. You know. Yeah, but the reason I said it is that like you know if you don't have a presence on Yelp, right? Uh, then some people there's going to be a small sliver of the audience is going to be like, hmm, why don't they have any Yelp reviews or oh why do they have whatever? So so we encourage. But I will tell you that if you have a ton of Google reviews. And you have a ton of Facebook recommendations now. Um, your Yelp presence isn't really going to matter. Your beat, your Better Business Bureau. You know there are people that go and look at the reviews through there. You have the ability to collect one nice shot if you wanted to, but I don't know. It's really making it. Honestly, Google is where they're going to see first while they are going to look for your Yelp page. No one goes directly to Yelp. No one types yeah. in Yelp.com and especially slash whatever your business profile is going to be. What they do is they go, they look at reviews and maybe they'll scroll down and find the Yelp one. So yeah, Google rules everything around us because it's the first opportunity. Just like another reason I forgot to mention about replying to reviews, 
usually you get the last word in reviews, right? So it's true. even the most scathing one-star review, that's not saying go back and you reply and be like, actually, and start, start flexing your defensive muscles there. But again, it's think of when someone's, I had to picture it like this. If someone's yelling and screaming and ranting angry as they are storming out of your brick and mortar location, what you get to do is for everyone in the store that saw that is you get the chance for the final word. That's how I would think about it. That's the mental image I make when you're replying to a review, especially a bad review, is they said their piece and stormed off. You aren't necessarily worried about them per se. You do want to talk to them, but everyone's seeing how you react that's still left. So think of them storming out of your brick and mortar and everyone's still in there. How do you respond? You, you might say, man, like, sorry, that. that's that's not a regular experience, right? Maybe just that. That's a common phrase you see in, in you know bad review replies. Well, that's the mental image I, I kind of put in there to think about it. But, um, you know, to, to, to bring us back on, you want to get reviews everywhere you can. Um, you know, you can prioritize it. I'm sure this other software does it, but I know with nice job, you can choose what options, you know, your customers see in what order. So they have the ability to leave it wherever they, they want, but you can say, Hey, we'd Google first, Facebook second, you know, things like that. Uh, and you know, we also make sure that they can actually leave it on those platforms because nothing holds back a review is when they hit that login page or they hit that account not found page. Um, and so we, we try to make sure that's as smooth as possible to, to make sure that wherever they want to leave a review, you can get it. And then with that sharing, you can put it where you want it as well. I love it. I, I do because again, it, a lot of times, and I know your audience is small business owners and they, they don't have a lot of time. Yep. None of us have a lot of time. Let's just be honest in this day and age, but you do have time. This, this is one of those you can't ignore anymore. It must be part of like your regular thing. And I argue for those of you who are investing in Google ads or Facebook ads, if you just took, I'd say a quarter of that budget and you apply it towards reviews, whether it be review software or the time to hire somebody like a community director to handle that sort of thing for you, you will be amazed at the outcome. Now, it is a long game. I will say that this is not going to be an instant, hey, I do this this month and I'm honestly like growing. No, I mean, it's taken us years to get the many reviews we have. Um, and I remember working with an old website company. We've, we've since fired them, but they were like, okay, we're going to hide all your one-star reviews. And, and my mom and I were like, no, no, no. Yeah. We want all of them. We want all of them. They give validity. I'm like, how do they not know this? So just be aware too, that as you're dealing with other vendors for like your website or Facebook or whatever it is, sometimes they don't understand reviews or they don't get reviews. So, so make sure that you are partnering with people who understand reviews. And that's why, again, I talk about it a lot at Spopreneur because I get, I promise y'all, None of my budget goes to Facebook ads. Very rarely do we run Facebook ads. And I don't want to hire somebody to do them because I'm cheap. I'm not cheap. I just would rather spend my money on other cool things, Sean. Um, like, you know, football tickets. Um, that's what I like to spend my money on. Yes. Yeah. I, again, because football is amazing. Basketball is better. Like college basketball is my favorite because, again, national champion over here. So, yeah. yes, I I, I I will say the only good thing about the COVID virus was the fact Virginia was was number one, uh, was um champs two years in a row because they didn't have the NCAA tournament. So oh, if they lose default, to a they, default. Exactly. So they lose to the 16th seed and, and as a bonus, they get both years. Might as well just be the undefeated. Anyway, so I digress. When you have someone as ravenous as a fan as I am, like of the University of Virginia sports, you want them to be as ravenous of a fan of your business. How do you do that? First, invite them to be so. And the best way to do that is invite them to reviews. His name is Sean Hill. He likes pizza, obviously, and sports. And Sean, you've got a cool podcast of your own. Tell us about it. 
Yeah, it's because of the Nice Job Podcast. Um, we talk to uh, small business uh, you know, owners. We talk to, uh, and I'll say experts because we're kind of clearly on, but really what it is, it's actually uh, a little bit of a, I don't know, maybe it's like scams the right word is I get to go and learn all these business tricks, ticks, or tricks strategies, uh, mindsets. I get to up my level. My degree is in radio, TV, film. That's just three nouns. It doesn't say what I can do with those things. It just says I can identify them, uh, which as we all know, is not that impressive. Um, so pretty much what it is that you get to learn along with me. Um, we'll dive into some really deeper concepts. You know, uh, we'll say some high level, but I try to make it fun. Um, and I try to make it, you know, uh, as interesting as we can be. But I also am not afraid to kind of ask the dumb questions or ask the smart questions. So wherever level you are and you feel in your business acumen, um, we try to make our podcast, uh, you know, kind of match you in that sort of sense. Um, and again, we're, we're in season three now. Um, it started as something I kind of was just doing on my own within nice job. Now we're starting to get, uh, I don't say that company support because they always supported me, um, but we're starting to kind of up it up, uh, you know, our production values and things like that. So I invite you to, to listen in. Um, you know, I, I think we're going to invite you to come on our podcast as well. A nice little podcast. Yay! Um, so if you want to almost hear more of this conversation, I know it's coming up on the night job podcast uh, at some point as well, but yeah, we, we love for you to, to tune in. You also get to see a headshot I've been using since 2017. that doesn't really look like me anymore. Yes. Cause you know, well, you know, I mean, I, that is one thing. If you're going to be honest with your clients, you do need to like have your regular, that's a whole nother topic. I'll, I'll get into that. His name is Sean Hill. Um, they are from nice job head over to, um, all right, this is what you're going to do right now. Spoppiners. If it's safe for you to do so, if you're driving right now, you will do this once you park or pull safely to the side of the road. I'm going to give you a moment. You're going to pull up your favorite podcast app, you know, Apple, Spotify, whatever. You're going to look up nice job. I'm going to give you a moment to do that. Okay. You found nice job. You're going to subscribe, click it. You know, you want to, because Sean's adorable. Maybe you'll find more about his pizza love. I don't know. Maybe you should do a podcast on pizza, Sean, you know, if you're that passionate about it. Okay. And you could do a West coast versus East coast. It's like, you know, the rap battles of the nineties, you could do, rap, you know, rap battles of pizza, you know, cause yeah. no one's, no one's saying, Oh, the East coast burritos are great. No one says that. So we have yeah. our thing. They have their thing. Okay. Um, you're going to hit subscribe. Then you're going to listen to it. And then you're going to rate and review. Oh my gosh. His podcast about reviews and business tips. Cause that's how people discover nice job. Cause he's done such a nice job with us there. This is episode 168 of the spotpreneur podcast. Head over to spotpreneur.com. You're going to get all the resources that we've mentioned in this episode. You're going to see the links to nice job. They do have a free demo. I do suggest if you have not like invested any time, it is incredibly affordable. I was amazed at how inexpensive this is for the amount of stuff you get. And even if you're just a spot of one, which a lot of you are, this is how you grow. The reason we are seven figures with a 30 person team where again, my mom does not come in, but the one time a week to massage the one person. And yet she gets to go do all the other things she likes to do is because we get reviews and we've invested in this time and money and it's worth it. So head over to spotpreneur.com episode um, 168, get all the details about this and that. And then also make sure if you've not joined our free Facebook group, shame, uh, cause there's a lot of fun in there and I do a lot of stuff in there and I randomly go, like we just talked about um, why Dolly Parton is the greatest person alive, um, Sean in there. Um, cause she is, um, you know, I got to, my husband found me the Jenny's ice cream. That's her ice cream. Like he found it for me. And so I have one precious carton left. No one's allowed to touch in my household or they might die. Um, but I think she's, and then we watched so many It was the greatest day ever. Anyway, that's what happens in the Spotpreneur Facebook group. So head over there now. Um, you can get the links there. And then Sean, I've always got this one last thing I like to ask guests is what is making you feel wealthy today? Feel welcome or wealthy? Wealthy. What is making you feel wealthy today? 
Um, you know what? It, I'm going to have to kind of not a default answer, but honestly, it's my family because we moved from uh, Philadelphia to just outside of Vancouver, BC. They just reopened the border to Americans yesterday. So my wife, my dog and I have been here. Uh, it's generally been, you know, locked down, isolated. So we moved to a brand new city, uh, you know, brand new colleagues, things like that. We haven't been able to get out and explore. So I feel wealthy that my family, you know, my, my close, my wife, my dog got me just to this point, we're still happy and thriving and things like that. And then the rest of the family is going to get to come visit because um, they've been supporting us from afar. But you know what? When things uh, went bad in my life, um, that was the wealth and the value I always can rely on. So I, I have to answer my family that, that every day they give me that little bit of value um, that allows me to go out and, and obtain more wealth, either in monetary or other uh, emotional ways. That's awesome. Plus, they have no problem leaving reviews on whatever you've done wrong because that's what family does. Yeah, <laughs> they they're my that. pizza beta testers, right? I mean, my dog <laughs> tends to like everything, so he's not the best reviewer, but you know what? We'll take it. Yeah, excellent, excellent. It's Sean Hill. It's a nice job. Head over there, learn about them, y'all. Invest in your business, invest in yourselves, allow your customers to become super fans of you. And by the way, if you're a super fan of this podcast, head over, leave a, um, an honest review because I appreciate it. And I will see y'all next week. Need more actionable steps to get your spa headed in the right direction? Head to spapreneur.com where we've got the tools, tricks, and methods to make your spa as successful as it can be. Spapreneur.com. <laughs>